0: Hey there, I'm Ian.
1: And I'm Rachel.
0: And we want to welcome you to our Building Contenders podcast.
1: Here we share messages, sermons, and our weekly conversations to equip you to contend for the kingdom of God.
0: We hope you enjoy it. Blessings. Blessings. So good evening. Uh, Welcome to our weekly live. Uh, Say hello if you're joining us. Say hi so that we know we're, uh, we broadcast through this thing called StreamYard. Um, so it just means we can't type. Um, but yeah, say hello, whether you're on YouTube or, mm-hmm. well, it comes up whether you're on YouTube or Facebook. But yeah, say hi. <laughs> you know, it's, this is this is kind of like busy, busy, busy. We, yeah. you know, we're getting ready to launch the third cohort of the Daniel Company, which is incredible. Uh, I feel I'm still learning. Um, you know, having spent years uh, in you know, isolation really sort of isolated, isolating myself because of, um, just the journey I was on with the whole Mm -hmm. seeing the spirit stuff. So, um, so we're getting ready to launch Mm -hmm. the third cohort of that. And, um, that's great. Launched our coaching thing this year or this week, which was my coaching Mm -hmm. thing, which was great.
1: Um,
0: so those are exciting, but they're also really busy, but within our Daniel company, we, i i have this i have a lot of little pithy sayings and one of those little pithy sayings is that if you don't know the season you're in you're going to misinterpret the signs unfortunately many people just look at the signs you know they look at the signs by that that are posted all around our lives you know those indications of this is the way walk in it kind of stuff um but we don't often know uh, what season we're in. So let me give you an example. If you go in a, in a sort of park, one of your sort of country parks here, or in the UK or wherever, uh, you'll follow the red trail. But there's always arrows to tell you whether you're going in or out, and how many miles you know you have left to cover. Because it's it's not, you know, the mileage markers are not only important, but the direction you're going is really important. I need to know if I'm going in or out of the forest. You know, how far is it possible to walk into a forest? Well, it's only possible to walk into a forest halfway and then you're walking halfway and then you're walking out of the forest, right? So it's really important to know what season we're in. Um, you know, we're, we're, I, I don't think we're out of that season at the minute, but we're certainly have been in a season where if we weren't absolutely convinced that God has us here, all the signs that appear would be to you know move us out of here right? we're out of southern california mm-hmm. instead of there are actually signs of you know a gm's chapter one nature which is you know your faith must be tested um because in the test comes this un- unwavering um you know belief in that this is this is what we're going to do you know that our Faith produces perf- perseverance and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's just really important to know the season you're in. And of course, that's for us as individuals. It's for churches. It's for businesses. It's for whatever your sphere of influence is. But it's also in the United States. It's like, well, what what is the you know what season is the United States in? And I I believe that the United States is in a season where we're trying to understand what the heck is going on um that may have been for three years it may have been for Mm -hmm. 30 years it may have been for 50 years i i I don't know but there's definitely you know the insecurity of the of this of the shift of a season Um, so do you think Mm. do you think we're in a seasonal shift profit woman
1: Oh, absolutely. I think, I think one of the things that is really important is that if we don't have good theology, <laughs> that our lens through which we see the seasons uh, can be so filled with fear and doom and gloom and negativity that if we don't have a victorious eschatology, um and who god is and what he wants to do and his plans even for our lives we can filter all that through our lens of we're all going to hell in a handbasket as we used to say it's
0: okay the rapture bus is coming yeah like
1: the rapture bus and stuff so we're obviously not rapture people at all um and that you know that's good we like being raptured we, we love, love being raptured. raptured with his presence that's the only rapture i want constantly is to be uh in a ecstasy of rapture with with full uh devotion of jesus you know to be gazing on him and um so and we're all allowed to have our uh well, maybe you're not allowed to have, but we certainly a lot want people to have their own opinions. But Rapture theology is not ours, yeah. and so when we see things, you know, happening and changing and seasons shifting, there there is definitely, I would say, a purifying um, and and bringing um, and a real challenge, I think, to the church to. Uh, I think we are holy, we are holy people. so but it's it's really like digging in and finding ourselves in that deep place of loving God, of intimacy, of glory, of people of his presence and you know of building that place uh, as the church as well, building that place where it's not business as usual, you know I think we've way past that time. and and there's always there's always this in us like can we just get back to where it was even if it wasn't that great can we just get back because that's what we're familiar with and and i think we're way past that you know but i do think there is a a call for the the body of christ to understand um what true rapture is like being caught up with jesus amen (laughs) and his glory because there's actually for me there's nothing nothing else like it yeah. you know
0: so i i i it's right on right on <laughs> the 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 thing the thing that i think is throwing a lot of the church off is really understanding this season um and I, I i i wonder whether it's actually the churches that are moving in the supernatural that are that are have the have the clear focus of the presence of jesus um like experiential presence of Jesus I I kind of wonder is that what what we've been is, is this the time that we've been prepared for uh because what we have in in society we have largely not largely listen in society we have a complete rejection that there is any other authority other than myself right that this is the only authority for sexuality the only authority for morality the only authority for ethics is what i feel Mm -hmm. um and that's there's actually a a, you know sociological term for it's point most of our point i can't remember what it is but um, it's it's this it's shifting from there is actually an external authority and that external authority um, is the sort of guidepost by, by which society is driven and uh, by which society is conforming its, its standards right the way through over the last probably 40, 50 um, years has been the, the, you know, what one author calls the rise and triumph of the modern self. And, and it is this rise and triumph of the modern self that we have actually become gods in our own eyes. And that there is no, that there, you know, in fact, that even the, the, the thought that there is a higher moral authority and a higher ethical authority becomes, in, in the minds of society, it becomes a dangerous thing to start to talk about because we're gonna want everybody to conform to that. And of course the church is going, yes, the problem is the church has also largely been guilty of rejecting authority in favor of a round table, in favor of everybody having its own voice, in favor of everybody having their own voice, not in, its own voice, in favor of everybody having their own voice, and in favor of everybody being equal. The problem is that we are not all equal, that we are supposed to honor the king. We honor everyone, but we're supposed to honor the king. The very notion, and I think God is really on this honor thing for the church, and I have, I'm very excited that we have another opportunity to get it because honor, uh, implicit in a culture of honor, and you know that's that's all we're doing is building a culture. That's the only thing we're doing. We're not trying to get people to be as holy as I am. God forbid, mm-hmm. right? Like this call, I I have something in me that has a that, that has a visceral reaction to calls for holiness because it feels call call to self righteousness and every esoteric religion from freemasonry to buddhism uh stands on the fact that i am more righteous and you need to be as righteous as i am um in fact the secret greeting of freemasonry is you're you're a righteous man so so this has to go holiness has to go beyond me not smoking and drinking and my. going out with women wild with women wild women. <laughs> i've <what about laughs> one of them in my life that would be you Aww. Aww. So, you know, that's not what holiness is. You know, this holiness has to be like part of what Rachel's saying, which is this set apart for devotion and awe of of the majesty of God, not um, I'm not going to watch movies or TV ever again. Listen, that has been tried, tried, tried. It's a waste of time, complete waste of time. What we need is a people that are actually Mm -hmm. called into submission, like called into submission to an authority that's greater than theirs. And while we all like to think that's us imagining what Yahweh would say, he has actually continued for through through millennia to say, okay, this is how this is gonna be done and you're actually gonna be mutually submissive. That's why married life is um, a picture of the relationship. You know, I'm supposed to love you as Christ loved the church and you're supposed to obey me. <laughs> right but it is this it is supposed to be this this. outdoing doing each other with with this submission thing because we recognize there is an authority above us this is the battle it's not political it might be fought in the political realm but again please for the love of of your of the future of the nations of this world can we not make it about elections but more about our attitudes and behavior and speech and how we do life—that's way harder than punching a hole in a piece of paper. It—it yeah. it is this honor. Like I think I—I I don't think I know. I know in my newer that God is on this whole thing of yeah. honor at the minute, and yeah. we have an opportunity to get it right. So. And here's the thing about honor, you know we're we're doing a we're doing a marriage, marriage, Married. marriage. Uh, Here in November at our home. And, you know, one of the things about marriage is that it teaches you how to be offended. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've never had cause to be offended at anything Rachel's done. That's true. And Rachel has never had cause (laughs) to be offended in anything. If that was the case, then we wouldn't actually know how to honor each other. Right. Because honor requires you to be offended. And to move beyond that into this place of deep love and deep awe.
1: Yeah, and I would say where there are, whether where we have like a victim mentality or entitled mentality, there is a lack of honor. There's an inability to honor. Um, and I think this word submission sounds like somebody's just swore at you, like people. <laughs> Like when you say that word, it feels like a bad word to people. And yet when I when when you see um I think a really good marriage work or a really good relationship work, it's because there is a mutual submission. There is a humility uh that is there and um always uh not an abusive way or in any way, but um just a Submitting to each other,
0: you know. Yeah, if you're in an abusive relationship, get out of yeah. it. Honestly, I give you permission to get Walk out of it. Away. Walk away. This is not about submitting to an abusive relationship. Yeah. No, 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 no. In the hope or that they're gonna change. Yeah. Or, you know. yeah, if you if your leader is abusive, spiritually abusive, emotionally abusive, then get out of it. Go find there's plenty of options, you know. Mm. Go go find somewhere. But just to be clear, abuse is not saying no. Yeah right? Abuse is not your senior pastor saying no, this is actually pastors appreciation month mm-hmm. and you can send all your notes, which is amazing. You can, you know, tell everybody how amazing your pastor that uh, pastor is or pastors are. Uh, but here's the thing, send them some money to <laughs> do, do me a favor and send them some money. That's actually the root word. The Greek word for honor is like, well, what's the monetary value you put on this person? like dig a little bit deep and actually honor them and so that they know that you're honoring, whether it's a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or a hundred thousand bucks, whatever it is, just just lay that down and honor them. Because again, scripture yeah. says that where your treasure goes, your heart will go there also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want your heart to be around your leader, so into them. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's, I, I think it is this. I think it's recognizing the season. The season we're in is we've got, it looks like we're talking about you know, women's rights versus abortion, uh, you know, pro-life versus pro-choice. It looks like we're, you know, pro-religious. It looks like all these things that are, uh, you know, two sides of the the thing. But what's really going on is the removal of an external authority and actually replacing the external authority that we would say as God, as the church, we would say as God, um, and replacing that with how we feel and how we vote and whatever the government says. Um, and I'm not advocating for a theocracy by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think again the answer is, the answer is how we be- is what we believe, how we behave way more than what political party we go for mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's a good word
0: it is <laughs> honors everything we you know the, yeah. you, you, you,
1: it's so hard though it is hard. because
0: um it's not as hard as the alternative right. Like, honestly, it's not as hard as living, like, without any blessing in your life. Mm -hmm. Like, that's really hard, you know? Like, people say sonship's hard, and sonship and honor are kind of like two sides of the same coin. Um, People say sonship's hard, you know, submitting your will to the will of somebody else's heart. It's not as hard as being mediocre. It's not as hard as not getting, you know, not, (laughs) yeah, anyway.
1: It's just, it's interesting because what we have seen, just our own experience in church life and in Uh, watching other churches is that you know you have people come in and they tuck under their leader and they start to move in uh, a greater level of authority they come in the submission they they come in and serve and do all that and they start to actually see a greater anointing in their life they start to see more movement in their life Um, and and then they can either go one of two ways (laughs) and we've seen both We've seen where they 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 have received as 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 they have honored and you know built this culture of honor internally in their, in their own selves, and come into sonship and in submission and all those great things and they have started to grow in authority influence and favor themselves and what they they and then they can go um, well hey I could actually do this myself I I. I, I need to get out here. I'm. I could do a much better job than my pastor does. Look, I'm honoring them. I'm doing this. I'm serving them, and honestly, I'm better at talking. I'm better at teaching. I'm better at leading than them. But it's only because they've come in to, under their, what they have built, what they have paid for, what what price they have um, t- what how long they have like labored and served, and they've just come under and caught their tailwind and so so what you can get is like um, people coming and going i'm much better than they are look at me and then or you can you can have the other side which we've seen is people coming in coming adopting a heart of a son or a daughter and just growing and thriving and not feeling uh competitive with their leaders but they're actually thriving. And it's because they've tucked themselves under, again, the person um, in in humility, in submission, um, not in abuse, you know, I'm always cautious because I always feel like the minute you say submission, people go, I'm not doing that. biblical <laughs> but um and they have thrived like we've seen this we've seen this when we led a church we've seen people who come in they come in low and they build an amazing trust with you and they get promoted like you know quick quick and uh
0: it's, it, for me it all boils down to effect being offended you know yeah. if i the, the way we teach yeah. authority is that if i am a level six leader and you're submitted to me and you're actually coming in and you're allowed you have two you're a level two leader well before long it looks like you're a level eight leader um, and you might start to look down at me because i'm only a level six but the minute you go off on the side you're back to a level two again so what you get when you're submitted is actually you get all my strength plus your strength which yes. looks like you're incredible yes. and that's what we don't understand about authority is that in submission to authority But for me, it actually comes down to that place of when you realize, oh my goodness, I'm an eight and Ian's only a six, and I could totally do this on my own. And look, I could definitely, like, he's only attracting that many people. I could attract more, and people tell me I'm amazing. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, you go off, you get offended. At some point, you get offended. You say, hey, I'd like to take your pulpit over forever. And I say no, and you get offended. And then you have an opportunity for an honor upgrade. And that's the bit that it falls off. There are five stages of every relationship. There's the honeymoon stage and that's the stage where we ignore all the red flags, right? Oh my goodness, you're so amazing. Like, like you're so adventurous, you know? You're just so adventurous and generous and I can't believe how adventurous and generous you are. And then you get to stage two. And stage two is you start to like wake up a little bit, you know, with a friend who's in sales and he says you could put people in a trance to sell them anything. The problem is they wake up. And this is kind of like step two is you're sort of waking up and you're going, wait a minute, that's not adventurous. That's that's risky. Mm-hmm. That's not generous. You're kind of like blowing all your money. And if we were together, you're gonna to blow all our money. That's not great. Mm-hmm. And then then you have, you know, number three, which is your opportunity to be offended. And you're confronted with that opportunity to be offended. and. And the way it works in churches is that people come into church and say, oh my goodness, this is the 12th church and finally I have found the perfect leaders. You're amazing. (laughs) And this church is the perfect church. And oh my goodness. And then we realized- What's
1: it like being married to Ian?
0: (laughs) We've had people say that. I've had people
1: say that. it must be amazing being married to Ian. And then they got offended. And And then they left. (laughs) Disappeared.
0: Um, So within weeks, really, that was Mm. within weeks um so yeah it, it is like number three is where you really have the opportunity to be offended and what are you going to do with it number four is when you make the decision right um i i've been here before i know how this works out you know you come into a church or a job or whatever it is and the problem is you've brought yourself with you <laughs> um and wherever yes. you are there you are wherever you turn around, there, oh my goodness here i am yes and and you go through the same patterns. And it's kind of like really important that we learn how to break that pattern, that when you're offended, you make a decision to actually go deeper and commit deeper. That's the fourth level, that you make a commitment to say, like, I, I am offended. I and, and the reality of being offended is that there's reason for it. It's not. I'm not talking about unjustified offense. I'm talking about real offense, understanding that this person you chose to marry is a real person. And, yeah. like, you know, I mean, I'm sure that I've heard that from other people.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and, and, you know, you, you make a decision to say, okay, I'm actually going to push through this. And what happens is that you go into the fifth stage, which is actually a depth of commitment, a depth of love, mm-hmm. a depth of awe, and a depth of honor that that is amazing. But the problem is that's not a one-off thing. Yeah.
1: If it was just the once, that'd be great.
0: And and I think that with the honor thing, I think people need to learn that when they're in a church environment or whatever it is, that this this isn't a one I you know, I did I lived under a culture of honor. We honored them and they still messed up. That mm-hmm. now you you're constantly going to have the opportunity to have an upgrade in honor, constantly. And if you're leading a church, if you're leading a ministry, your people need to know that. They need to understand that this is a natural, natural cycle and it's a cycle, it's not linear. Yeah. It's, not moving from it's not moving from one to five, and there you go, that will never happen again. It's moving to one to five, one to five, one to five, one to five. Mm-hmm. This is why we have an opportunity to constantly be disciples of Jesus. I mean, the whole yeah. gospel is built on the submission of a son to a father. And, and I actually don't think they were out of sync. I think we're told that because that's what it's all based on. That's what this mm-hmm. kingdom thing is based on: is the submission of a son of a
1: Yeah, and it, when it's you know, it's such a beautiful thing. And I honestly think like that's why people uh, like I I think it's core to who Bethel are. Mm-hmm. I think you see it played out. You see the culture of honor. It's not a culture of easy. Or it's actually more a culture uh, that uh, actually involves a lot more conflict. But you have conflict, knowing you're 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 actually going to resolve it. You're not going to leave. You're going to stay in the room, and um, and and I think the fruit of a healthy culture of honor is there. There's really nothing like it. It's it's the most it's incredible to watch and to see the fruit that comes from. Uh, a culture that has built this place and and space, and I think it's it's very rich, very very rich. And
0: if you look at the time that we're in, as in, and certainly here in the U.S., but even as we travel back to the U.K., it's no different. I'm sure it's no different in Australia, New Zealand, any of the Western countries that we're in a culture of dishonor.
1: Yeah,
0: like we're trying to we're you know I don't I don't know if you've ever tried to merge uh, from an on-ramp into a highway. And, and there's always that one person that speeds up to be offended at you. You yeah. know what I mean? There's someone that will actually speed up just to get offended. Not, oh, not, not to help you, right? They're yeah. actually speeding up so they can be offended. And that feels to me like the culture yeah. we're in. Everybody mm-hmm. sort of is really looking for opportunities to be offended. Yeah. Um, and I think that will not serve us well it won't serve the kingdom. Well, mm-hmm. and rather going this or a sort of 10 or 15 year dip, I think it's, it's, incumbent on us as as watchmen on the wall Uh, not to say the enemy's coming but to say hey this is uh this is how we're coming this is how we're going to show up this is how we're going to actually you know um yeah yeah i mean
1: i think it's constantly it it the culture our cult the the the, i think the culture we're in blames everybody for how they're feeling (laughs) It's like everyone is responsible for my my bad feelings. And and the, the culture of honor is, well, you actually get to be in charge of you and you get to decide how you're going to behave, how you're going to uh, respond. Uh, so you don't actually have to respond offended. You don't have yeah. to do that. You can actually be really good internally. You can be joyful. You can be... Uh, in a great place, when you're external, is very difficult, yeah. um, and that's something you cultivate. But I think the culture that we are in, outside the outside of the church, is one that loves offense, and and is like microscope, um, is that the microscope, microscopic no. uh, over people's offenses, and no. the more faults they can find, the you know. The, the amazing.
0: That's a gift of discernment.
1: <laughs> that is not a gift of no, discernment. No, it's not.
0: It's not. If you're listening to this, that is not no, a gift of discernment. No, it is
1: not. Nah. It, don't even get us started on that well, one. I was just, just being like...
0: facetious. So
1: that's a whole thing.
0: Oh. Yeah, I'm I'm speaking next week at Beach Chapel here in, in San Diego, and um, I am I am talking about elemental spirits. Mm. So we might share a little bit about that next week we might share a little bit of a follow-on on our elemental spirits. <laughs> Someone um, said
1: they're so offended.
0: <laughs> thanks Chris.
1: Sorry I have a swingy chair, I can't stop myself. I, I just want
0: to just moving. Yeah so this notion of elemental spirits and really from the from the yeah. Celts perspective what you know what happened within the Celtic church as they as they destroyed paganism and they destroyed uh this culture of of being um we would call it politically correct but it was definitely the culture of you had to behave like you had such narrow confines of how you had to behave um and how the how the Celts how the Celtic church actually uh, destroyed those elemental spirits so that'll be fun yeah looking be forward to that so we'll maybe do a little follow-on on that because it's it's completely in line with where we're yeah. at here. Uh, That we're not, it's easier to command a spirit to leave than it is to to displace that spirit. And we're, so we're talking about displacement theology. Which is displacing the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of light. Yes. That's our job. That is our job. All right, people.
1: Thanks for joining us.
0: Culture's everything. Yes. Culture's everything. We're in this season where... You know, the, the society at large is, is trying to replace God with themselves, with the, you know, and so far it seems to be working okay for them, um, but I believe that we're in for a turnaround if the church will actually be the church, so,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and displace these elemental spirits.
1: Yes. So I hope this week you get raptured. <laughs> <laughs> May we all
0: be raptured. May we
1: be raptured in with the face of Jesus.
0: And then left behind. <laughs> May you be raptured <laughs> and left behind to do the works of Jesus. Yes. Destroy the works of the devil.
1: Go and spend some time in adoration.